0: Welcome to the OFX Podcast. I'm Dave Claxton. Uh, along with me, as always, is my counterpart, um, the fun-sized female Flash, Bethany McChesney, uh, also a Spartan Pro. And uh, today we have with us, honestly, uh, everybody's favorite Dane,
1: Leon Kofed. How you doing, Leon? I am doing really well, guys. I just came back from a. Semi-long run with Jack Bauer, VJ Jones. We did a bit of bouldering. VJI and his girlfriend Sarah. And uh, hands are kind of tired because bouldering gyms have been shut down in, in Denmark for quite a while now. So getting back on the wall was something. But I'm happy. I'm good. A little bit tired to be honest. But I, I'm in a good mood.
0: So when you run with Jack, does he like constantly shout out your splits and your stats as you're going? Or does constantly? It's like back? a it's like a machine. <laughs> <laughs> no.
1: no, no, no. <laughs> We have a lot of fun. We have a lot of fun. He, he knows the stats, though. So oh. it's it's funny because we can be talking. He's the only he's fr- American I can talk to where I mention, like, mention a Russian name. And he'd be like, yeah, I've heard about that guy. I've heard about that guy.
0: <laughs> he, he's, he's literally a data machine. That guy's amazing. I, I've always been a big fan of Jack. I love what he does. I, I Before a while back on another podcast, I said he's one of the top five most important people in OCR because he's like OCR's history book. He's, he is. He's he the is. guy hogging it all down.
1: I think he's more important than, than he actually knows. He came yeah. over last night with his girlfriend for game night, so I kicked his ass in King of Tokyo, and that was a that was a good experience.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Um, so first thing I want to ask you, and I think Bethany probably wants to know the same thing as me. You were recently in Jacksonville. You had the big race. Why the hell were you not in the Spartan Cross? And VJ
1: too. So – I really wanna do the Spartan cross. I wanna do anything short court. I'd prefer for it to be a little bit more Spartan rig based cross, not just like doing her courses and stuff. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, I'm not built for high rocks and stuff. So I, I would prefer for it to have a little bit more of a ninja uh, twist to it. That said, I do love the format. I do love to do the same lap over and over again. I do love that taking risks and going for big moves is a benefit reason we didn't do it is because I wanted to do really well at the uh, Sunday event and taxing the body would be tough. And also, we booked flights so we couldn't make it. Uh, so, of course, we could have spent money, changed the flights and everything, but it would have been a hassle. It would have been quite expensive. And um, yeah, yeah, honest, yeah, it just didn't really match up perfectly. But it look fun, and I heard it's coming to the UK. It's even coming to Eastern Europe, which is great, because Eastern Europe is primarily filled up with people who are good at running up and down mountains. So I'd like to get down dirty with a flat 3K with a bunch of obstacles.
0: I would like to see it happen in Poland, because, I mean, I see the highlights of the guys from Poland all the time. Those guys are obstacle machines.
1: They are, I think. I think it's so different from what they do because I've done the short course events in Poland a few times from Barbarian Race. They have like a short course knockout format kind of thing. But that's more ninja style. You can imagine like you do three, 400 meters of running, you might do one carry and then you do eight obstacles. And it's normally big things like jump on a trampoline, grab a thing in the air. It's like uh, really hardcore, and turns, very complicated low rigs. I'm a low rig guy, Dave. Like this, this is what I what I do. Is favorite obstacle anything? Bethany, you must be with me here. Like anything, like close to the ground, because
2: yes, yeah.
1: yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's there's very
2: few things that are helpful for being shortened, and the low rigs are it. <laughs> Give me a low oh. rig all day long.
1: Yeah, I love that stuff. I'd love to see more of it over here. Hopefully, we'll get some at Stratton. Um, at Euros 2018, there was this amazing rig. It was maybe a little bit too complicated for most people. I'll admit that. Um, but you went directly from a low rig and on it, you crawled up and transformed into a high rig. Oh, so you were high. like close to the ground, like core work, all that stuff, hands and feet and everything not to touch the ground. And then you crawl up this ladder, which is, I mean, it's still kind of taxing for your grip. But you, can, you mm-hmm. can use your legs as well. And then you do just like rings and nunchucks and stuff. And I, I think like those combination obstacles are, are really cool. Hard to standardize. So I get it from like a Federation point of view. It's hard to standardize these things. And for a Spartan point of view as well. Um, yeah. Yeah.
0: Here's why I, I, you know, as the tall person of the group here, standing at a giant five foot seven, I... <laughs> I love the low rigs too. I'm all over it. And the reason why I think they're completely underappreciated, you it's not just pure grip strength. There's a lot of strategy and skill and technique. It's not so much power. I think they need to be used more. And not only that, the safety. Because if you
1: fall off a low rig, you're falling six inches to the ground. Yeah. You know? I've been in Poland. I had a low rig like break while I was on yeah. it. I had a thing like it just fell off. And I fell in concrete and I was okay. Like I got it. I got a shock and I was like, fuck I lost time but I mean I was okay and it takes like good mobility good hand to eye to feed coordination I like that challenge it's it's not just brute force I mean it's cool to run up and down mountains with heavy things on your back it's really cool you got to be an absolute beast to pull it off it takes a lot of training but I'd like to for OCR to be a multifunctional motor skill test as well yeah totally
0: um so just who do you think? Um, do you think you could have beat BJ at the cross?
1: I, think, I don't know. Because, like,
0: um, <laughs> I mean, you guys have been going head-to-head very much, a lot lately at the Black Forest OCR there in his backyard. Now, granted, he literally has home field advantage.
1: But, you know. <laughs> he, he had a big breathing advantage in the beginning. <laughs> I, I'm not much for competing during training. Yeah. Uh, I trained with Nikolai Damfor. A very long time and and he has a big endurance background which i really don't um so when i we were running together and i got competitive i would try to run with him and it would be detrimental to my own training and fitness because i would always be like just that one heart rate zone above like it would always like it just wasn't great so over here especially with the altitude and with everything i try to keep it like keep it focused and fun and then we challenge each other on different things instead where it's not going to impact the idea of why we're training because we both agree that the long-term development is mm-hmm. really 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 important here um so if we need to like run hard we we set it up so it's it's working for it but it's it's March. there's not, not a lot of hard running right now like we'll get into it but right now there's no need to like race in training
2: So you're training at altitude right now, then being with Bj. So do you? You don't normally train at altitude, back?
1: No, no. I have an apartment in Copenhagen, and it's on the first floor, which means which mean I am literally one floor above sea level. I live half a mile from the beach, and like it's it's flat as a pancake. I live on an island called uh, Ama, just like it's in Copenhagen. It's just a little bit. It's, it's close. It's very close. Um, it's flat, guys. It's seriously flat. So um, I don't get hills. I don't get a lot of that uh, stuff. I definitely don't get mountains. And altitude is like... I would have to drive very far south to, to be at any of it. Europe only has like two or three good places for altitude training. And um, like most of those are kind of expensive because they know that it's primarily federated professional athletes who want to go train at altitude in Europe so if you want to go it's, it's kind of expensive and you want to have the your national federation help you pay for it on some kind of like team Denmark sponsorship or something but obstacle course racing is I'm, I'm trying to work on some of the associational and federational levels at home as well and we have been recognized as an activity right now this is like the more formal term we are not a sport we are yet we're an activity so from be go from an activity to be a sport we need to have a union with like different associations underneath from there on we can maybe be recognized by the Danish like, uh, Federation for either sports or athletics because OCR will probably be underneath athletics underneath athletics you can find stuff like running and we will probably be in that subgroup of running so you're part of the, is the UK OSF, is that correct? Uh, I think the UK are doing something with that. Yeah, I'd had like a few blank years of nothing happening. I think this is the thing when you, when you do voluntary work and somebody put in like a few years of work, another guy puts in a few years of work and then they don't really agree anymore and they split up and it's all a big old chaos. And it's really sad because this sport, like, needs for everybody to kind of get along. Even though you don't agree with everything the other person does, if you agree on the general direction. um, I My my degree from university is in math and economics. And I've chosen to do a variety of subjects in, like, team building, company culture and stuff. And people don't have to agree to, like, work together. I, I mean, you don't have to be on the same political agenda. You don't have to be on the same agenda for what kind of OCR is important and stuff. As long as you're kind of going the, the right direction. so
2: It's kind of like Tough Mudder and Spartan working together. So they would have different ethos, but ultimately the same big goal overall.
1: Yeah, changing changing people's lives. I think Spartan and Tough yeah. Mudder like, are really, really good at that. Impressive platforms. I'm about to try Savage on Saturday and Sunday next week. And I'm stoked to see how many people are coming out to this type of race, like mandatory obstacle completion and all that stuff. I'm excited. I'm used to doing these kind of races back home. So I'm very curious to see how are the Americans getting into this type of racing, which kind of relates a bit more to the OCRWC uh, setup or NORAM setups. So very, very excited about that. Do you, do you have anything like that in, in Canada? Or is it primarily a Spartan Tough Mudder? Uh,
0: we especially in Quebec in Quebec we have a, a couple of good local ones and then one or two out in BC like we have a dead end race uh, platinum rig puts on some good stuff out here uh, oh they do in Quebec, you know and force fives in Quebec as well so they put a lot of obstacles in all the local races x-men so Quebec has a great OCR scene <laughs> um central Ontario is a little more spartan tough mudder and then out west has x-warrior which is a, another really good local event so they have that but I wanted to talk about you're going to savage I've, yes. done a cu- I've done a couple of Savages, mostly just as fun runs, so I haven't got a chance to do a competitive one. Um, the Savage Blitz seems tailor-made for you. Um, it is right up your alley. You're going to love it. Uh, and being in Florida, obviously, there's not going to be a lot of elevation. That's going to be flat.
1: Yeah, I checked out the course from November, and it was that was flat. I'm going to do Georgia as well. They'll have some trail and a little bit of climbing. Yeah. But Run the Georgia the, one a couple times. Not like a mountainous thing. No. So no. they tell me, it went, so the Reckless Savage is a 10-kilometer run all take. the americans that's six point something miles yeah you see but, we're canadian you can talk english exactly i, I feel like we're on board the same <laughs> language right here <laughs> that's right yeah <laughs> um so it's a 10 kilometer thing and you have a certain amount of obstacles when you do the 5k the next day do they take out half the obstacles or do they just make it a very condensed 5k mm-hmm. obstacle You might
0: take out a couple here and there but you're still going to get your good ones you're going to get your big rigs and stuff so you might lose like some of the, you know, the more natural obstacles and maybe a wall here and a wall there kind of thing. But you're uh, st- but they're
1: keeping in the big bad boys. That's right. Yeah. The
0: stuff that you're gonna enjoy. They're gonna do, like the real world, the um, their multi-rigs, things like that. Uh, I don't know if they still do holy sheet or not, but
1: uh, I hope they do. One. I don't they're- know what it is, but it's called holy sheet. I, w- yeah. I wanna try it.
0: So that, yeah, what was that one? That one was like um picture like a bed sheet horizontally hung like you would do like a rope, a rope traverse mm-hmm. and then but you're going across a bed sheet and but on each end you're going to have to use each end of the bed sheet like a nunchuck mm-hmm. and then it was from there on do some balls but i'm sure it's changed since that one i don't know if they still have it they have that's pretty cool i like that uh, setup lee, lee i can't remember his name. lee gets very creative with the with the rigs he does a great job you're gonna you're gonna love that
1: it's very excited i hope to get some good coverage because I wanna. I know there's a couple of guys over here who are very good with obstacles, and I know that Ninja Warrior, especially in in America, is a it's a very big attraction. It's a big TV show. I'd love to show them that a guy can do obstacle, a guy like me can do obstacle course racing, and perform at a next level on on ricks. I want to show them that it, it's it's very possible. It's not a limiter. It's not that. Your your goal is should never be to survive the rig. Your goal should be to absolutely dominate it. Um and I, I hope to show that. I hope that it I hope there's a couple of fast guys coming by to like do the race as well. Cause I I would like to have some competition. I want to bring home that battle egg. So um and I don't mind fighting for it. It's gonna be fun.
0: Well, I mean you will there's there's a good chance. And for anyone watching right now, we lost Bethany for a little bit. She's been struggling with some technical stuff. Hopefully she jumps back on. We'll just keep rolling and edit if we actually have to even though i don't like doing that very much um yuri force could be there i don't know but i mean you're talking yuri force and air force ken are probably two of the guys that you would need to look out for i know woodsy's not going i know vj's not going Um,
1: how 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 do you know woodsy's not going
0: uh, i heard it i was um digging (laughs) i was (laughs) digging in and i heard the chances of him going are pretty
1: unlikely so all right what about a guy like kemsen
0: Kempson would do very well. I don't think it's on his radar to go down to Florida again for it, but Kempson, yeah, he's solid on everything, though. Like, he, he's, I don't think he's the guy that you're gonna see taking, like, that extra six, eight-foot lache to cut three seconds off a rig or anything Mm -hmm. like that, but... He's just so solid and well rounded at everything that he's constantly a threat on no matter what the race.
1: I love his training. I'd love to to train with Kempson one day. I think his his way of working on body awareness, stability, and injury prevention. I think he has a very good in-depth knowledge about those things for sure.
0: Yeah, it's like he's he's not flashy, but he's smart and effective.
1: I like it. There you go. We I got like you it. again,
0: Bethany. You're back. Um, so obviously. You've mentioned it. I got to think, and like you said, you're going through the Savage. I think you said you're going to do Georgia and, and Florida. I'll do
1: Florida and Georgia. So Florida this weekend, I'll hit over uh, Saturday, Sunday, and then I'll do Georgia. Hopefully swing by Matt B. Davis's place. Say hi to him and his kid. He, he's bought, he bought a trampoline. I want to try that trampoline. It looks like he's fun. He's
0: going to be at Georgia. He's always at Georgia. He'll be there. I guarantee Yeah,
1: it. we talked about it. So I, I'd like that. Um, so th- I'm very excited about that. Until then the training is not so race specific because I'm still very focused on what's happening in August, September, October, November, December. Mm-hmm. And that means I can't just like put all the eggs in one basket and hammer down to win a thousand bucks at Savage. It's, it, it would be great because this is a really expensive trip and I'm covering it myself, which I don't mind. It's, yeah. I really want to invest in what I do and I find that um, I don't want to, make anybody feel bad here but because you run really fast does not entitle you to have everyone pay for you to do all sorts of shit all the time like you got to put in a bunch of work i put in a lot of work with sponsors and media and i do a lot of i I own two businesses i teach at the university part-time so that when i got the opportunity to go to america when i was told you can go train you can go compete and train I bought a ticket and two days later I was in Colorado. I didn't have to like ask around for these things because I don't feel entitled entitled to it. It sometimes that's a limitation as well. Like I'm not great at asking for things and and, and the money responses. I'm I'm getting better, I'm learning, but um I, I don't mind working for this and it it's great. Uh so I'm here. I would love to like cover a few of those money, but most of all I'm here because I love absolute course racing. It's pretty simple. I want to go to a savage race. I want to experience it. I don't know a lot of Europeans who did it. I know Kimi Vignal from Sweden did some in 2016. That's a long time ago. I want to come over here. I want to make it then. I feel like like um, two years ago when I came over the first time with Nikolai to compete, we had this like, hashtag, the Danes are coming. And we had this saying that we wanted to to break into that North American bubble, you know, like it's a bubble with a one way mirror. So I feel like it's quite normal over here to see only what's happening in America. Whereas in Europe, because it's so diversified country to country, you get to experience a broad variety of, of concepts of obstacle course racing. And I've raced most of these places, Portugal, Spain, Russia, Eastern Europe, Poland. Uh, I haven't, have I raised in the UK? I've raised a little bit in the UK. I want to do that more. I want to do the, the, the Spartan series over there. And I mean, it's not just a Spartan world. It's, a, it's such a beautiful world of so many opportunities. So when I hear the savages over here doing the world's best obstacles and all these things, I was stoked I got a chance to do it because I want to be a pro. And I'm, I mean, I have the capacity to do it and I have the willingness to work to become good at these things. And I don't mind putting in those extra hours on the track and off the track to be good at what I do and to be like a full potential kind of athlete. I'm not going to be this forever. I, I mean, I'll do it for a while and I want to get the, I want to like risk that towel, get every single drop out of it. I want to have a great goddamn time doing it. So I'm very, very lucky I get to do these races over here. Um, hey, Dave, when are you airing this?
0: I'll actually, it'll be fast. It'll probably be Monday.
1: Monday. If anybody's in Florida and have a car, <laughs> I just noticed that uh, renting cars from the airport is goddamn sold out. So I could Uber my ass around Florida. Um, uh, but if you got a car, I'm a pretty nice guy. So uh, let's, talk, let's right. talk about it. <laughs>
0: Bethany, you finally seem to be clear. You want to jump in?
2: Oh, I know. I finally just. Uh... <laughs> You know what I think it is. My son is downloading all these video games on my laptop, and I think it's slowing it all down. I'm I'm like, oh, I gotta get him to stop doing that. I think that's what happened.
0: You, you are lag free. You're perfect now.
2: I know. I just clicked in. Oh man.
1: <laughs> you ruin your kid's uh, download experience. He's gonna be so sad. Like Super Mario never got here.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. That's exactly what's
1: gonna happen. Bethany, oh. you're trying to tell me you're a mom. You look extremely fit. <laughs> you can be a mom and be extremely fit. Oh yeah, I, I, I'm impressed. I think it's it's awesome. Like super super cool.
2: Yeah, I have two. I have two little well not they're not really that little anymore. My 9-year-old boy is the same size as me, but I have a 7 and a 9-year-old.
1: <laughs> all right, that's awesome. Yeah.
0: Bethany is absolutely killer fit. She is, she is very <laughs> fast. Um every, every every week I give her a new little fun name and uh, they're all they're all accurate. She is like <laughs> <laughs> Very impressed. And she's going to win the uh, Canadian series this year for women. I'm just putting that out there. I'm calling <laughs> I like it.
1: Call it, out there.
2: it. I like that.
1: <laughs> You're going to win it uh, side by side with my buddy, Mick uh, Pitt, Nicole, uh, Yes. Yeah, I hope so.
2: Nick. I just hope the races
1: happen. What are these stats on that? I mean, races are not happening in Denmark right now, there's a lot of things that are happening. Yeah, the races are not really happening right now, and and it, the European champs in Italy were supposed to be hosted in June, and they canceled that mid-January. For June. For June, but that's in northern Italy. It's like, it's like twenty kilometers away from where the entire European Corona thing started. Oh. Uh, I don't know if that means anything anymore, because like I think they really managed to do it like afterwards, but. Yeah, that's not happening this year. So are you guys, they postpone it to like post-summer or what are the expectations for you?
2: Well, as of right now, they're saying we could have our first race for Spartan anyways in June. So they did move the May races to the fall, but it's looking like some races are going to be going ahead for June. So I'm still, I, I like to be super optimistic, but I'm still kind of skeptical, but they've said that as of right now, all the venues are starting the planning process and it seems like it's going to go ahead. So,
0: and, and I want to throw this out there right now, because as this will probably be going on on Monday, uh dead end race is actually having their race on the 27th of March, their winter race. So this is like a snow OCR and uh, it's slated to happen because the property is owned. They have got around on the rules. I'm still being told it is going on for sure. And there's you know, it is actually waves are selling out. So if you want to get in on it, anybody out there, get in on that dead end race. Uh, Sub-Zero is what it's called. And it's going to
1: be a blast. Seriously, guys, get in on it. Like it's, yeah. it's support the smaller organizers because they normally have a lot of heart in what they do. And you often get to try an impressively good OCR event. And second, uh, everything has to like, a yeah, third, uh, everything has to work out perfectly for an OCR event to happen like right now um back home if you're not on like you got to be in private property if you're in a public property and you can't like put it like a museum where you like go in one place and you never meet up again you head out the other way if that is impossible to do you're not racing it's just it's not happening and that doesn't matter if it's a trail event or a big old obstacle event so there's only very few opportunities for for things to go down like that we had three races in the fall, like through August and September, October, November-ish, three or four races in Denmark. And they only happened because very specific things like matched up like really, really well. And I felt that was very safe though. Like we had five or 10 people going out at the time. I did a race in November where we got out there at, I think I just saw VJ walking around with a motorcycle helmet. I don't know what he's going to do.
0: Good time of year for that.
1: <laughs> I looked at the one like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I started five minutes before sunrise, and the last race I finished like 15 minutes after sunset in the afternoon uh, in November. So we just like, people were so split up over the course of the day. And I talked to quite a few people afterwards. I like to have my finger on the community and hear, hear what's up and everything. It's, it can be time consuming, but I like it. And it was like, we're so stoked we could race. But we miss everyone. Like it like the hugging and seeing each other. It's it's a big part of it. But if you're sitting at home and you're like, oh, I'm not gonna buy a ticket because I can't talk to my friend Dave and my friend Bethany when I go to the race, just remember there might not be a race in a year if you don't do it right now. And also, you're just gonna allow yourself to be unfit. Like I love to have accountability partners and things around me to like keep me fit and doing savage next week keeps me on my toes like although i'm not like gunning for a big taper period or anything like we're working out pretty hard here i think bj would say that i i add a little bit of extra workout here and it's a good thing um it still keeps me on my feet it forces me to like think and and be there for it so go to dead end race go do your local things go support him buy food in the venue stuff like that just like be part of it
2: yeah that's such a good point and so that's so good for people to hear because it kind of works along with right now we have so many virtual events and nobody prefers a virtual event and uh, but if you don't support the organization by doing the virtual event you might not have that organization so just do it and again it gives you that bit of competition helps you get a little bit fitter
1: like 10 20 dollars is that it's like 10 20 30 dollars to participate It's it's, yeah it's not a lot just you did not go on summer vacation last year. Most people did not travel and spend <laughs> like thousands of dollars um, on traveling. So, 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 put that in. It's not an investment just in the company. It's, it's thirty dollars in yourself, mm-hmm. and it's it's very important to be willing to invest in yourself. I'm a I am a huge cheap ass. Like I am a <laughs> like, I hate spending money on like anything. But I have learned that if I invest in myself. The quality of my life is just going to go through the roof. And I'm not saying, oh, I would really like this fancy-ass car. That's going to be an investment in my – I don't describe that as an investment. But right. seven weeks of altitude training with probably the best obstacle racer in the world right now. Like, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, and everybody over here is so nice. So I'm, I'm really enjoying myself. Yeah, I think that's a good investment.
0: 100%, man. You're preaching to the choir. Totally. We're on the same wave. Like, I've actually been trying to, as the whole pandemic has gone on and we've had a lot of gym closures and stuff like that every now and again, because I have lots of friends that own gyms and stuff and, and different uh, race companies. I try to buy t-shirts from them, just like yeah. anything to, to pitch in where you can, you know? But um, it's so- a nice
1: thing to do and it's a nice gesture. And often it brings like happiness to your own life as well. Like I'm helping other people is, is a gateway to happiness in reality. I'm not saying you should uh, just uh, give out, give all your money away to charity and stuff. Like you got to live as well. But you got, I mean, help helping other people is helping yourself being more happy.
0: Leon, being um, a cult.
1: Yeah, <laughs> just get rid of all your money. Minimalism. Woo! <laughs> and
2: well, there's so many ways to help too, right? It doesn't just have to be money. Like you give your time and open your home to people or give them a car ride when they're in Florida and they can't get it. <laughs> they can't the
1: get <laughs> and By the way, I'm I, so for most competitive athletes, did you, did you notice that too, Bethany, that Corona was not great for sponsorships? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I lost 75% of my income last year. Uh, because of corona and be it's not like when if I was working at like a consultancy company or uh, something like that they would like tell me not to work as much send me home but I would get like some, some sort of support from the state and it wouldn't be a big deal but when you're a, like an individual and you're an athlete and even though you have a business it's it's hard to cover like like those things So I've, I've been trying to think out of the side of the box and push some new projects that I've been maybe projects I've been thinking about for years, like uh, I want to push out. So hopefully soon there will be more from me coming out where it's it's like a everybody wins situation. I've been working with, I coach a lot of people back home. I've coached more than 4,500 people through OCR in Denmark and mass participation, like outside training. And I've specialized in doing uh, pull-up programming, um, pull-up and grip. Like Most people, don't understand the difference between pull-ups and grips like there's There's a big difference between your capacity to pull things and your capacity to hold or pinch things. There's a big difference. So right now I'm working on an online training program. I'm not much for the virtual online stuff, which has helped me back quite a lot on doing this. So I'm trying to do it the right way with like follow along videos and like, like get out a specific segment in OCR to solve a little problem for people who want to do, OCRWC, you want to do the first savage or anything like that, and want to be better at gripping things. So I'm working on a get a grip program. It's going to launch hopefully, hopefully within a month. Like I'm, I'm looking at that. So that's going to be I have,
0: interesting. I have a request. So this is going to be my only year running pro at OCRWC. So if you could hold off till after that, because I need every <laughs> advantage you can get. And right now, obstacles are an advantage for me. But if you teach all the fast people to be good at obstacles, I'm completely fine.
1: Oh, Dave, if you got swing, (laughs) you're the king. Swing is king here. Because if you have great old muscles to pull down lots of weights and your forearms are as massive as a tree trunk and you can pinch down through anything, that doesn't mean you're good at obstacles. This is the thing. I wanted to do something that actually got people better at obstacles. But I honestly think that you got to be next to someone to help them be better at obstacles. Cause teaching momentum, teaching swing and all that is, is great. But I don't want to like milk out this community to like, cause I'm known for being good at obstacles. That baseline for being good at obstacles is that you don't fall down from everything you touch. <laughs> That's a baseline. If, if you, if you touch a monkey bar, you're just like bad, you fall down. <laughs> you, you, I, I can teach you to swing from like now to new year's Eve. But if, if you don't do like the basic strength and the basic work, over a period of time it's just not happening. So, I'm working on an 8-week strength training program for pull and grip. It's something it's not a, a, like a full training program. I don't want to like take away people's routine. Like, if you love doing CrossFit, fucking go. If you love running running all marathons, go do your thing. I don't I don't care. If you're a swimmer, swim. I don't care. But if you want to improve your grip, you need something to like spice your training program. And that's where that's what I want to add. I want to add a little bit of spice to people's life to see if they can uh, can get strong. I just got five new books on grip training, so I'm go- I'm going through these, so I have some proper evidence based training to add in there. Not just oh, it worked really well for me to do one arm pull ups. Do that. <laughs> <laughs> I watched Ryan
0: Atkin's video and he had said if I drank athletic beer, I could do one arm pull ups, and it has not worked.
1: It hasn't <laughs> worked. And, that and is nobody's why giving Bull, me my money
0: back either. It's terrible.
1: <laughs> that is why Red Bull in America can't say, gives you wings. It's now we <laughs> for Red Bull to do that in America, I think. It's crazy. You, you can say it in Canada. We won't sue you. No. <laughs> I don't know anyone who's ever sued anyone in Denmark. I think they're just like, hey, you're an idiot. Oh, okay, I'm an idiot. And then it, it's so <laughs> It's coffee. It's supposed to be hot. Yes, <laughs> Don't microwave your cat. (laughs) Stuff like that. Now I'm teasing. I love teasing the Americans. I've I've lived here before when I did exchange at Tulane University in 2014, and um, so traveling here, I feel, just gave me a good insight into the community. And most people can actually like take a joke. It's I love being around people who can like handle a joke. You can joke with me as well. Just don't get personal. Don't do anything mean. Uh, But. I like getting like do yeah I like it. It's been like that. My
0: experience with people in the states has been nothing but fantastic. I, they've been great. I, I brought one home and married one. It, it it's great. Um, how actually it kind of ties in. How do you find the OCR community in America compared to the OCR community in Denmark? Are they very similar or is like is is it as big a community in Denmark?
1: In Denmark, I think we are getting to a point where people are dividing a little bit into sections of what kind of OCR they like, and we've had a couple of organizers who were mildly toxic to the communities. They were trying to like make this group be bad to this group and that group be bad to this group, and it like those kind of things are not that great. I find that the the sheer amount of people who know what obstacle racing or obstacle sports is in America is is massive, thanks to Spartan Race and Tough Mudder. Like it's it's massive. People get it, so. I, I, we met someone in the bouldering gym today and I was like, "Oh, I'm a, I'm a full time OCR athlete. I try to not say professional because professional, you got to be two things to call yourself a pro. And, and so I have titles and I have most of my income from sports, which means I could call myself a pro. Most of my income is from sports and I have like world titles and stuff. You're so humble, <laughs> uh, but I mean, I would still classify myself mainly as a semi-pro because I have to work to like make this work. Like, I don't have that support where I can just like go full YOLO and on it. Um so, a pro is is yeah. Our uh, uh, second second way of defining it is if your national association or federation has a specific determination of you being a pro, either through a license. Or through a qualification system, so, and most countries don't have that. And ninety-nine percent of Spartan races in America don't know that USA OCR is an association. They don't even know it exists. I guess
0: no, and a lot of them are are almost um, put away from it. They're are It's almost like there's some kind of resentment in the states on that. I, I'm involved with uh, Obstacle Sports Canada, which would be the same on the Canadian level, and it. it you know, it's not the same here. as it's, it's not big, but in the states, it almost seems like there's a, a friction,
1: like a Oh, yeah. I, I tried to dig into that a little bit. I, I'm talking regularly to, to Ian Adamson as well and yeah. trying to figure things out, uh, what's up and down, mainly because I'm involved with the world OCR coaching, like coach development courses. Um, Nico and I, we were head of Europe. We did the first two world OCR coach courses to get OCR coaches, uh, which was great. And as far as I've understood from Ian and from other experiences I've heard from Americans is that USA OCR have tried to put on things and then it never really worked out like it it kind of just like blah, it didn't go so well and people had very high expectations and i think with some of the pros they may have been a little angry about things without really wanting to put in an effort themselves yeah. so if you're willing to put in a little bit of work to help maybe it wouldn't be so shit you know so <laughs> i'm not pointing fingers at anyone here i'm just saying you, you can sit at home on your couch and Instagram all day and be super angry, or you can call whoever is responsible for USA OCR or your national federation be like, can I help? Like, I, I'm, I'm here, I, I want to do this event, and I don't know where to sign up. I don't know anything about qualification. Do you need help with writing some text or sorting out qualification criteria? Like uh, most of the the very engaged athletes could sort that shit out in like four hours. Like put down some text, send it in, boom, 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 boom. But most people would rather spend forty hours. Not most people. Some people would rather want to spend forty hours being angry about it not working. So that's frustrating. Like right now, the Danish Association is in, it's in. What do you call that thing? Limbo. You could say it's in limbo. It's like in between things. Like we don't know what's going on. The old boards, the old members uh, of the board have like kind of said, it's enough. We got to get new thing going and it needs to happen because the Russian Federation are going to try to put on the world OCR uh, championship event and the world ninja association championship event in August. And like, if we don't have an association, who is going to let us qualify for it? So I'm trying to help out here. My in, I have an intern, which is great. I have an, I'm not gonna, that's just great. Like just check it out. I have a fucking intern. How cool is that? So he's helping <laughs> <I'd with drop. laughs> and he's just managing it super well and he's being a great guy and I'm gonna do whatever I can to be part of these meetings and assemblies and like voice in and, and motivate people to do what they can. I cannot spend full time doing it. I, I'm an athlete and what I want to be like, uh, but I can help. I have lots of experience. And I can, instead of being like, oh, I can't qualify for this, I'm going to ask them, how can I help you guys to set up qualification criteria? Do you need to talk to organizers? Do you need a contact? Because I, I know all the organizers back home. I've worked with all of them. Like, what, what do we need to do? Um, lucky for me, I'm qualified for Russia because I won the World OCR Virtual Championships. Virtual champ, uh, which was kind of a weird thing. Uh, I like racing head-to-head, but I mean, I'll take it. Fuck it. I'll take that title. I'll take it.
0: (laughs) I won one age group event. I only did the two. (laughs) And I got one. (laughs) Which is pretty much the same as what Leon did. Almost identical.
1: Yeah, Almost identical. I really think it was was basically the same thing.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: I love those workouts. I mean, I don't know if I love the workouts while I did it, because I don't like to substitute workouts with like burby broad jumps and shit. I really don't like doing it, but I always came out of the workout. Like that was like kind of OCR specific and it was not an OCR experience, but I'm going to be more fit to do OCR stuff after this. So I like that, but I also recommended Ian to not do a virtual series this year because a lot of time, a lot of focus, a lot of like going forth and back a, a ton of communication and work with results and stuff. I honestly don't think it's worth it.
0: Um, My personal critique was that event was too long. There was too
1: much to it. Yeah, you had six months, like doing one thing every month for six months. (sighs) Yeah, that was tough. I had to bail on a few of them. Six months of also not having any injury or neck or pain. And then you should feel in great shape on the second Sunday every month. I think that's a lot to ask for people. And I'm I'm grateful that I won. I don't understand why Ida didn't. We haven't figured that out yet because she did better than I did. <laughs> um, uh, but I I simply don't. It's fun. And I put in a lot of time, but it's a competition where you can win a title and everything is great. But think of it as an investment of time. And I came out with, negative money on my account as well and i have to take these things into consideration I, I bought an apartment i have a girlfriend i have a life i have to like i'm a very low cost guy i'm a very cheap to sponsor because i don't use a lot of money it's very simple um but i still have to like make things work and if i spend 5 hours on one day doing this it's 5 hours where i can either not relax and recover or train or try to make money so that I can keep traveling the world, keep spreading the word of OCR and, and having a fun time.
0: Well, if you're that cheap to sponsor here, we'll sponsor you. I'll send you this nunchuck, right? That was that, that's
1: a pretty cool nunchuck. Did you make nunchuck. that? Yeah, yeah we made these, of course, yeah.
0: We'll send you this nunchuck and, and a t-shirt and and we're good to go. I like I the nunchuck, that's cool. You want, I'll send you one.
1: I not <laughs> All right, nunchucks for everybody, all right? everybody. Nunchucks for everybody. Athletes. So Dave, and tell nunchuck me, where can driveway. people buy the nunchuck? Because it looks pretty dope. It is pretty
0: dope, actually. Um, okay, <laughs> so you're one of the few people I know, and, and I think this is going to happen more. I, I think you're blazing the trail for this, or at least you're ahead of the curve, where you've specialized in a certain type of distance, right? You seem very much oriented, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you seem very much orientated to the shorter distance, to the fast, high obstacle density stuff. Um What drew you to to come to that conclusion that that's the way to train that that 's how to focus
1: I think it's a question of where I originally had the most fun and i've always had more fun with like the high paced high risk kind of racing because mm-hmm. if you're doing a three hour race and you miss you miss your spear you do thirty burpees I know two minutes suck and you're going to be tired after that, but you can make up for it by being a very talented runner yeah. and Uh, obstacle racing and obstacle running is not only a runner's world. It has to be something else as well. So I'm very just naturally attracted to the shorter distance stuff, which is not short distance. Anything above, like to all the guys out there, anything any activity with elevated heart rate above two minutes is uh, sport scientifically defined as endurance. So if your girl tells you you're a sprinter in bed, but you do more than two minutes... (laughs) You're an endurance guy, okay? Just keep that in mind. At your own drink. I'm an endurance guy. I may not be a marathoner, but I will you okay. So, uh, anything above 2 minutes basically cries uh, a different energy system than less than 2 minutes. So, if I do obstacle course racing events that last from 15 to like 40 minutes, it's like training for a 5K and a 10K and more. So, I'm still I still feel like I'm doing long distance training i'm just not doing marathon training i know the demands of doing marathon training is very high i know that i would commit to it in a very like hardcore way uh, which would be tough for my body and for for the way i like to do things and doing short course specialist stuff just also allows for me to utilize my natural ability to complete things if efficiently and and quickly um i'm not a talented runner like I, I it's not like i mean okay anyone who can do a sub 20 minutes on a 5k like if you can learn that you're, you're good like you're good like so it like some people will never like they just the body will just not allow them to like get to that level and maybe it will maybe it will. i mean i'm happy i can go below but for me to break that 16-minute barrier is, is a ton of work. And for some people, it's half a year of work. For me, it's it's a lot of years of work to, to make it there. Um, so I wanted to play a little bit on the cards that, that are in my hand and in my favor. And I'm efficient. I'm fast with obstacles. I make big jumps. And I have good faith in my grip strength. And I have a natural interest in calisthenics and bodyweight stuff. So why not? massage that and make it better like why not just like aim for the things that you you like to do and you think is fun because i have run long distances on mountains and races i'm honestly not having a lot of fun um but the most fun thing i can do is go do a long run on a mountain like if it, the best thing for me to do for training is long runs on mountains because i i fucking love it like it's beautiful smells great and it's like everything is just like it's kind of Wonderlandish. I love it. Like I just have the best time, but I hate competing on it. I feel like I'm limited. I hate feeling limited. I grew up being told by people around me that because I'm a short guy, I'm limited. Like, oh, you're never gonna like uh, girls are gonna think you're you're a jackass because you're tiny. Like you're never gonna reach this. You're never gonna be that. You're never gonna blah blah blah. All these fucking limitations. Yeah, screw that shit. I hate limitations, and um, and I have worked like I've done so much work to overcome those like barriers that you build for you. We all, are we all like self-conscious about something we don't like about our bodies. And uh, we need to like really put in work to overcome these things. And if all I'm thinking about when I'm entering a room, Oh, I'm such a tiny guy. It's horrible. Like it's going to be a horrible experience for me to enter any fucking room. But if I enter a room and I'm like, Hey, I'm kind of likable and I'm funny and I know a ton of things and I'm fluent in, in, in a variety of languages that makes me it capable of interacting with all these people, and generally people are meet if you smile then they smile back at you and you have great interaction. If that is your focus, you can have a lot of fun in that room if you're just thinking oh i'm overweight, people only think I'm fat, then you portray your own fear directly on people I don't like limitations, but I sometimes feel when I do a certain time of obstacle uh, event that I am limited and there's, I think that is the thing that that really frustrates me and Although I'm not a temperate guy, um, I can be really, really annoyed. Like we did a tempo run up a mountain yesterday, but it was so slippery. I kept my feet, kept, kept sliding. And for some, it's like, oh, that's the best experience. Like you're fighting the mountain. Like, fuck no. I had a horrible time. Like I hated it. I fell on my ass all the time. My arms were in the fucking snow. I did not have a great time. I did not feel that that was a portrayal of the fitness that I've been working years to build. So I did not have fun. Um, And I don't think I'll I'll have that at a race where some organizers like, how about we put in 200 pounds of sandbag carry? (laughs) Like, what kind of stupid thinking is? I'm not going to have fun doing it. So I'm not going to travel for it. There's a really big chance I will never, ever do this Spartan race European championships because they always put it on some stupid, super steep, alpineering a mountain so if your parents didn't bring you to the alps for you like climb and like ski as a kid you're just gonna be limited to this like so so like where are we like i i hate that limitation and of course we could all say that we're limited in some way and therefore we cannot do shit i'll go race the best i can but i hate feeling that there's only one correct way of doing it and Spartan is not the only correct way of being off the course The Savage is not the only correct, the European racing is not the only correct way of doing it. I want to encompass all those things and try it. All right, I didn't do so well in jacks because I missed my spear. I flipped the fucking tire. I'm the ti- one of the tiniest guys out there. I flipped the tire and I felt good about it because last year I dropped the tire on my knee, almost broke my leg. So I was like, this year that won't happen. It's not going to be a limiter in my mind that I can not flip a tire just because I'm small. Like, fuck it. I'm, I just went in, I was like, I'm going to own that tire. I'm going to make that tire feel small. And that thinking made me overcome it. And at that point, because I missed my spear anyway, it's like, I I still felt like racing, but I still, I kind of felt like I lost it there. I was like, dang, that was, I wanted to break that US National Series. And I was like, "Ah, I kind of lost it right there. It's not so great. But I still was in the game to overcome that limitation and and be good at it. I want to feel competitive and sometimes a certain specific mountainous course where if you are not an accomplished ultra mountain trail runner already it is hard for you to to play that game i can i can feel that is still a limitation maybe i'll grow into it i'll probably gonna in 10 years maybe i'll do the utmb because i love it i might not do it competitively i just love seeing it i don't know that's a big old rant sorry guys you know, and in fairness,
0: I went through all the segments of uh, Jacksonville. And if you hadn't missed a spear throw, you had been battling for top five. I mean, that was that was there I, and and who knows what you. would have like you said, if uh, once you miss the spear, it is hard. And I don't I didn't see the whole penalty loop, but that looked like a nasty penalty loop after that start. I timed throw. it. It's seventy-six seconds. Seventy six. Okay, because I had knocked off a minute, so definitely seventy six, you would have been fighting, fighting for <laughs> and uh
1: it's almost a time of thirty burpees. That is almost like a minute thirty burpees. You can do that sub two minutes, like yeah. especially if you're a little bit angry and you're ready to get at it. Yeah. Um, so it it felt like a it felt like a burpee thing, and and through going through the mud, like it's just it's like when you're ten burpees into your thirty burpees, you have that thought. You just like, is this it? <laughs> <clears throat> It's such like a sad feeling, uh, but over- overcoming that sad feeling is, is very important. And as soon as I was out of there, I ran over, I pulled that plate and I, I just like went straight back to my strategy. I noted like I had a strategy to, to turn down the gas before leading into the tire because I knew it would be like, mm-hmm. it would be madness in there. And I looked at my heart rate for the entire thing on my Garmin, I could see that, like I said, uh, you get the start, you run really fast, and then you just redline. It's just like red, blah, 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 red all the time. And then it went down to orange, which is like the zone four thing. Yeah. It went down to about zone four for the 200 meters leading into the tire. And that was my, like everything worked out well, like, according to my plan, except that when I was on my spear, I was not thinking about my spear. I was too busy thinking, oh, I have to like run hard to the plate. I have to get my heart rate down. I need my legs to be ready to flip a tire. It was. Everything that was on my mind was that. And then I just, I should have had my mind in the moment um, instead.
0: You know, that's it was nice. a good race. It was very fun to watch. I was, and just mostly, it was just great to have a race again to see, to 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 grab onto, to be excited about. I was like, oh, I, I can't wait. And I was, the coverage they did was really good. I mean, the live coverage sucked ass, but I mean, that's to be expected. There's no signal out there. There's nothing they can do about it.
1: No, that was really, that's a bad signal. <laughs> yeah,
0: the little, the, the what they put together though, they put it together quick and it was great. No commentary, but who cares? It was accurate. It was well done. I was really happy with it. And then Matt's stuff, he added on extra was really good too. It was.
2: The post-race like,
0: interviews? Yeah, his interviews, yeah. And he, he did some interviews. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I mean, your line one of the, had one of the best lines there. I ran my little heart out. I mean, like, that was did. Just...
1: <laughs> I really did. I did, not, I, I did not, like, hold back. I was just like, ah, it was just tough the entire time. Um, I'm not going to be a little whiny about, like, the mud being extra deep. Fuck it. Like, the mud is deep. It is that for everybody. I ran the best I could through it. And I definitely feel like I can improve um, and I'm going to improve with these things. That's the, that's the thing. If you're like not the talented runner who has, has like a ton of like like mileage in you from like tons of years of training, like I'm going to keep improving. And that's the thing. Like the guys that I'm running with right now, like if they meet me in a year, they're like, Oh, Leon is going to be the same. No, no, no guys, you may have stagnated. You may have plateaued what you're running and you may, you're just dreaming about maintaining I'm I'm dreaming of something different. I'm going, it's just one way. I know my natural limit is not there yet. I know I can push through the next couple of barriers. So it's only going to get better from now on. Um, I still feel that way. And my entire goal of quitting my job and going into OCR is is very, very simple. I just want to find out what can the best possible Leon Kofo do on the best possible day. That's it. Like, and preferably that's at a world championship event. If that is enough to win, great. If it's, as long as it's a perfect race, I'm happy. If my training's been great, like, and if I run well and I don't make like a bunch of fuck-ups, I'm happy. I was 98% close to having that in 2019. I would have been, I would have been so content with that race. I, I'm, I got fifth, which I'm very happy about, but I did, a, I did one mistake, which has been annoying me ever since. Uh, I did, I, missed, I messed up Gibbons. Like, it's just the truth. It, I got in there. I got to second place. I was right next to John Albon. And that honestly freaked me out. So I lost touch of like, I just missed a few Gibbons. I got out of there from like fourth or fifth place. And I just ran to like keep that position throughout the rest of the race. So I was 98% close to having my perfect race. And I'm not sure what's going to happen when I have my perfect race. Because this is my this is my deep down inner goal. Like this is the reason I'm doing all of this for, a, for at least the athletic part, a, a performance part. I'm doing it to get my, my best race. So what happens when I get it? I'm not sure what's going to happen on the, the other side. Am I going to want more? Am I going to go, go full Vegas? Like when you win a bunch of money, Vegas, you're like I got to play more. Or do you cash in and be like, oh, I had a great time. Like I so I don't, I don't know what's going to happen after that. I just really, really, really want a perfect race. And that could happen in Stratton this year. I don't. I mean, it could happen in Stratton this year. It really could.
0: Just gonna ask: is that is that perfect race coming in uh, in September in Stratton? Um, I obviously hope from I mean, I'm
1: training talking, for it. I, I I'm know exactly what race. Wrong. That's so your race
0: this year, right?
1: It is. With Euros canceled, Stratton is going to be my primary focus, but I'm also expanding to kind of go with the flow. I'm going to do Greece as well. Uh, trifecta. And I'll do Abu Dhabi for the world championships as well. Um, I'm very excited about that. I've always wanted to go to the Middle East. So, a uh, good chance to go there, see new cultures, try new food, meet new people. Um, and of course, race hard in the dunes.
2: Yeah, I used to live there. Did you? Yeah, well, I lived in Dubai, but that's the same. It's the United Arab Emirates. Yeah. Been to that's, Abu Dhabi. Yeah.
1: That's amazing. I've been. I mean, it's not going to work out because I'm mean, in a relationship. I have an apartment in Copenhagen. But single Leon with no, no boundaries would probably find his ass and his way to Dubai at some point to, to try it out. I mean, it sounds, like a, it sounds like an interesting thing to try.
2: Yeah, it's a really cool place. You'd have a lot of fun. And Spartan and obstacle course racing is really blown up there too. That's
1: good. That's yeah. really good. Did, did you have kids when you were there or was it before?
2: It was before. I came back when I was pregnant. All
1: right. Yeah, it's it's good to touch base when you're, like, making a big change in life like that. It's good to be with family and, and everyone around you and stuff.
2: Yeah, I had all my adventures.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm still getting those, Bethany. I'm like, ah, adventure time! <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, you'll have a blast in Abu Dhabi. Running the dunes is probably uh, not as fun as you might envision, but...
1: I think it's going to feel absolutely horrible and I'll yeah. be a little bit frustrated, <laughs> but I'm excited for that suffering. Uh, yeah. I'm going to practice for it. I have a good connection with a Spanish organizer that hosts an event on, on Grand Canaria in the Canary Islands. And uh, the Grand Canaria has a massive dune area. So uh, yeah. hopefully, that race will happen shortly before Abu Dhabi and I could go practice a lot. That would be great. Um, Same
2: everywhere and blisters like you couldn't imagine.
1: Oh. You're doing a bad
0: sales job here, Beth. (laughs) I
2: know. You just have to expect it. (laughs) Stand and heat in your shoes.
1: Oh, the blisters. I have never gotten a blister from my Innovate shoes. It's Mm. quite impressive. It's actually uh, annoying. I'm going to call these guys out right now. Innovate has been avoiding me for a while because last year we were going to, like, improve our relationship to each other. I've always been very, like, yeah we'll work it out it'll be fine i've I've never been pushing any buttons but last year like the year 2019 we won the world championships as team innovate up the innovate wall we had an 85 plus million views video from that wall still like moving around and like nine gag and like linkedin and shit so i was like guys maybe it's about time you help me pay rent how about that um (laughs) (laughs) because <laughs> you probably sold thousands of shoes after all the help I've been doing for like three, four years now. And uh, I'm really like, I, I love that brand, uh, but things have to add up. And I'm I'm at a time and place in my life as an athlete where I feel like I can ask for it. And I feel like it's fair. And I, I like fairness in general. Like if you, it's, it, I, I, I mean, so if they think it's fair that I help them with like all these sales and everything, I think it's fair they help me go to Stratton and Abu Dhabi. Just saying. I mean, if they want to like have me run there and like, because I mean it. I, I've never gotten a fucking blister from this shoe, and I, I I'm not planning on getting on. I'll let you know after uh, Abu Dhabi, Bethany, what's happening there. So i I'm still all about it. I just we need to be realistic about the collaboration that we're having.
0: This is just from my point of view. Obviously, I am the non-pro guy. I have, I don't have sponsorships. People are not asking to give me money or care if I race at all. Yeah. If I had your guy's talent, you need to realize your worth and your value. I mean, the, the pro racers in general, when they had all the struggles with the Spartan contracts, you know what? You don't like it. Say fucking no and negotiate your own deal like I believe VJ did, right? And he's like, fine. You want to give me shit? I'm going to move on. I'm going to strike my own deal and I'm going to win your races anyway. exactly that's what he knew his value and you got to
1: do that and i'm 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 in denmark we have something called the law of the gent uh i like alone, uh which is uh it's kind of ingrained into culture we're we're breaking up with it like my generation and younger and, and, and of course there's always outliers but it's the kind of thing where like don't you shouldn't think you're anybody special and you shouldn't like expect to be treated like just because you're somebody, you shouldn't be expected to be treated anybody anybody like different than anybody else. And I, I think that there's been a little bit of that going into it. So I'm trying to learn how to, to get better at these things. I'm great at managing projects, but I found out that I'm not necessarily great at managing and communicating um, financial value of what I do. I am incredible at uh, communicating the value of what I do, but not necessarily in order to get money didn't know if to get media or things happen like the, like the thing I did with Red Bull and go dream to like climb that 50 meter row from a hot air balloon. Awesome. That was a very expensive stunt. And I didn't have to pull out a dollar for it. So I'm grateful. And I had a lot of people support me and I, ha- I got the chance to do something truly unique and awesome. Now I need to learn how to set a certain amount of boundaries here or or else I'm just going to buy the fucking shoe and race in it and just do whatever. I mean, then I'm not, I'm going to stop spending hours and hours and hours and representing and every year. And we talk, I host events for an, normally more than a thousand people a year. I bring little flags with Innovate on it. I bring out fucking shoes that people can try at the event. I have had more than 2000 people try on shoes at my events. Um, That they would later go and buy. Oh, yes, yeah. sure. this is direct fucking sales like it's <laughs> it's not just like look at my story my shoes are shiny right <laughs> so it's 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 like it's ah. so I'm a little frustrated I might send them over this interview to let them know how frustrated I am Um, I just want clear dialogue about things basically it's it's better just be honest with me if you don't if, if, if it's impossible just tell me but then I'm out like it's I've done this for four years like um then I'm gonna have to figure something else to do. Like it's yeah, I
2: agree. It's all that I definitely agree that they should be helping you out more. Yeah, it's the I same thing like... with business and charging what you're worth. And I struggle with that too, being a business owner. It's I have all these things that I'm I'm really good at, and I have all this education, and it's you know, you, you need to ch- you need to charge what you're worth, what your value is, and it's the same thing I think with you, with what you're saying.
1: Yeah, I I mean. I really, it's, I don't want to ask for a lot. I'm not even good at getting Christmas presents. I'm not good at like getting a bunch of things. I really want to feel like I've earned it. But now four years in, <laughs> I feel like we're at the point where I've earned it. Like if you wanted to pay for a video to get 85 million views with your logo smash on it with three of your best athletes right on it, we're looking at several hundred thousand dollars worth of marketing in one video. Yeah. And yeah. This is maybe not the right time to talk about this. It just gets me a little bit sad, you know, like uh, I think it's it's fair. I think that it, okay, so a bunch of following and stuff is great and y- people are not just valuable just because they do well at some events and stuff. You're valuable the moment you bring in actual sales for a company. That's that's when you are valuable. And I have brought in a ton of sales for for every partnership I work with. I brought in a ton of sales because it is important to me. The important thing to me is not to have somebody just pay for me to fool around. The important thing for me is to create mutual value. So if you are a product sponsorship um, and you you pay me to do the thing, I will will make sure you get your money's worth. It's important to me to do so. Um, If I get a sponsorship by a company that says, do you be an athlete? And they don't set requirements for uh, marketing and stuff. I will still market it, but I will finally feel a certain amount of freedom to just like just be great at what I do. I would love like a brand like Red Bull. They understand athletes. I love Red Bull. I'm not a Red Bull athlete. I'm kind of I'm semi like there, um, but I love what they do. They're like, oh, they, what we want you to do is to be you keep being social, keep being like your personality in the community is great. When, when I hear stuff like that, I'm just like, seriously, you love me. That's great. Like you make me happy and you help me out at the same time. Like, it's just great. It makes me want to do things. That's the reason when I thought up about this rope climb or any of these like stunts, I, I've called in Red Bull a few times with a couple of stupid ideas. The rope was the one that got through. I called in with a couple of dumb ideas, guys. I, I'll admit that, um, but that's the, re- I'm going to call them you know i'm going to call them first and be like guys let's do something i'm not going to call like a competitor or a, 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 a someone non i'm going to call these guys cuz we're doing something crazy together and i want to do things together <sighs> maybe it's and just being naive but i don't want to just like get shit to get you I don't want to like swap out my shoes every year I don't want to be like this is the greatest shoe on the planet 12 months later now this is the greatest shoe on the planet and the next year like if you eat this goo your dick's gonna get bigger and you're gonna run faster like like I'm not gonna (laughs) where do you get that thing (laughs) like uh, I'm not gonna like I don't want to swap around like I mean I'm not <laughs> yeah, I'll do TV advertising if anybody wants me to do it. But I'm gonna expect like, yeah, it's a different thing. Um, but I just want integrity in the shit that I do. Like that's simple. It's just that simple. I have said no to Reebok five times, four sorry four times, because I didn't believe in the fucking shoe. Like I wore it, it didn't feel good. It was too CrossFitty with some of the clothes. I was like, nah, guys. I really appreciate you as a person reaching out to me on behalf of this brand, but I'm going to go with this over here because it's, yeah, it, it feels better. You know, it feels like something I can honestly say works. And I, I would rather have that uh, be a thing. And maybe that's a limiting factor in me becoming an OCR millionaire, which I don't think any of us are going to be um, yeah. <laughs> right now at least. Um, unless you expand out like Hoon to McIntyre, and maybe you have opportunities that are different than just obstacle racing but um i just i just reached the point where i feel like i've proven my worth which I, you use your history if you're going to work with a new brand as well you use your history to let them know like you just you don't sell like empty dreams and 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 forecasts you don't you don't call a company i'm gonna win abu dhabi they're like hey what happened what did you do in the past fucking nothing i'm just gonna win the race like, it's, you gotta <laughs> prove it like you gotta get out there I, uh, and uh, I feel like I, I'm getting there. I, I, like, I feel like I've been putting in the work. So I have value for new companies as well. But for the, the ones I've been working with for a while and proven that I can do things with, yeah, I think it's fair. But um, it just has to be communicated the right way. And that, that can be troublesome.
0: I think right now with Red Bull just signing on for OCRWC to be a sponsor for OCRWC, I think that is massive and definitely this is the time when Red Bull could use a couple of guys you wearing Red Bull shirts on the starting line. I mean Thomas Van Tonder doesn't have to be the only one. He could use some help,
1: right? Uh it's a, it's a that's the thing. Uh, Red Bull is not like Honey's thing or or, or like, uh, <laughs> your favorite socks or something. Like it's it's not like that. It's a very different machine. Uh and uh, normally you don't apply. Like yeah. they pick you. Uh and I I've been in that like uh group of people to be picked and uh when you're not not picked it just it's okay like it's it's not like you're a bad human being or bad person it's just a very specific don't expect it i mean i get (laughs) i see i see a lot of guys like they do like one story where they bought a red bull like sponsor me like guys you it's a different that's the thing when when red bull goes for ocrwc it's going to be the fucking shit. Like, we're, we're taking it to the next level. Like, it's it's next level media management. Like, it's it's like it's hard to understand, like, where we're going. It's hard to understand what kind of business and what kind of policies these guys are having. It is, it's magnificent. I love working with, I mean, I could have walked out and be like, oh, I, I'm not going to be the Red Blast. Yeah, I'm not going to, let me buy a, like, a, a competitor. Fuck it. No, no, I love this brand because what they do for sports around the world and for getting people active. Like, how many people are active? Like, how many people started skateboarding or snowboarding or skiing because they saw dope Red Bull videos or rock climbing? And that is going to be off the course racing in a while. Like, with Red Bull getting on this, if we finally get the proper media coverage and outlet, need two things. You can have great coverage, but if you don't have an outlet, fuck that coverage. Like yeah. You need great outlets for great coverage You need to go like together. It's a unity here. We might finally have it.
0: And you know what? This goes back to to what we said earlier about where you have to support your local small guys that you know produce races and keep the industry alive. You also have to support the sponsors that support our sport. Yep. Right. Um, and that, like I said, when you see a company like Red Bull jumping on, I mean, for God's sakes, let them know they've made the right choice let them know that they're sponsored
1: like if, if you love it reward that company if you, yes. if, if you love if, if you love what I'm doing and you're kind of interested in getting like a better pull-up and grip and when I launch a pull-up program get that instead of getting something else like if, if that's what you, if that's the direction you want to go if you think it's great that red Bull want to sponsor this but you rather want to save a quarter on your energy drink at the store guys spend that quarter let them know like and if yeah I, I like to go that way for for three years, I only bought New Balance shoes because a friend of mine who's an Olympic marathoner, they supported him. And he needed that support. And I was like, that guy, he's genuinely nice. He's like, he's an awesome human being. He's not great at marketing. I'll admit it. Like, he's bad at marketing. Like, he, he's never going to be an influencer. Like, like, on social media, he doesn't have to. He's a really good marathoner. And he's a great human being. So I only bought the shoe that sponsored him and i could go to the store and it could be like what if you get this nike it's gonna look real sexy and stuff like i don't give a shit let me try all the new balance models we'll see what fits like we'll go for that one and i i just like i straight went for it because i thought that was important because he needed to maintain that sponsorship and they ended up supporting him for nine years he only just diverted and went somewhere like a month or two ago Uh, but they supported that guy for nine years and that made sure that he could go through his studies he could compete as well. And now he's going to be at his second Olympics as a marathoner. And it's it's beautiful to me. So I, I agree with this. Like, support your local organizer. And if you have the capacity. I, I teach students at the university. So let me get this. In Denmark, when you study, you get a monthly stipend. You get a monthly stipend and your education is free. Okay? So for my listeners, it's a big goddamn deal. So you get about $1,000 a month and you don't have to pay to study. So you don't get any, you can get debt if you wanna, if you need more money and you don't wanna work, you can go and get some debt, but it's basically free. It's very, very low interest rates. I had an argument with a student last year, because we were we were talking about um, spending like a few percent extra to get an environmentally friendly product. And this student, he said, and I'm I, he was wearing like expensive clothes, And in front of him, he's, like, fucking 18, he had the key, like, a nice key for Mercedes-Benz. He said to me, students don't do it because students don't have the money. (laughs) And I just, I I know I'm supposed to be, like, I know I was the teacher. I was supposed to be the grown-up in the room. But that got straight through my thing. Like, it's... If you keep telling yourself you're out of money, you're out of money. All right. So if you keep telling yourself, I'm a poor student, you're going to remain a fucking poor student. If you say, all right, student life is hard. I don't have a lot of money. Let me get a job and try to do something about it. Great. You're making a little bit of money. If you're already on a fucking stipend and you have work, and if you have a Mercedes-Benz, your parents are probably doing quite well because cars back home are very expensive. So don't give me any of the students. If you're, you're you're, god damn it you're probably still getting an allowance you're 18 or 19 year olds living it. You're probably still getting fucking allowance like don't give me any of that crap i grew up in a very like i did i paid my own shit from like when i was a kid like i've been working since i was 13 because i found integrity in it and i won't buy shit if i can't afford shit like it's just that like that it's like i'm not gonna go buy a car if i can't afford having a car Uh, You just got to be a little bit smart about your personal finance. And if you trust in something and you believe in something, don't let your own idea of your own personal uh, financial setup ruin you like that. Oh, I can't afford to spend $50 on my favorite race. But when I go out Friday, I can spend $200 getting drunk. Let's go for it. So if drunk is a bigger passion of yours, go get drunk. I don't give a shit. I did that for seven years straight. I had a lot of fun. Like, uh, Go do this thing but if you're like oh i want to see ocr die and you have a chance to do that for your local orchestra, go do the fucking race i don't care if it's not marked perfectly or if the obstacles aren't like big things and they can't afford like a dj at the venue and it's like uh, dj Pandero or someone like over there like on his little beat thingy fuck <laughs> it like go have fun that's why it's not as expensive like go go get at it i don't know I'm on a rant mode today, sorry guys. We're doing a That's lot of hot Perfect, take. man. I love rants. That's <laughs> great. I don't even remember what the question was. <laughs> I don't need, I don't know where we started. I,
0: I think I asked, um, "Do you
1: like obstacle course racing?" I think that was. <laughs> it. I'm pretty sure. I wrote it down. Yeah. I'm pretty big on personal finance. It's a big passion <laughs> of mine, and it's one of the reasons I can have such low income and still save money every month. I'm saving each and every month because. I'm going to have to refinance my apartment at some point and I want to have a second apartment. So I know exactly what it'll take me to get to that place. So I'm just going to be smart about it. All right. Going to Colorado for seven weeks, not the greatest like <laughs> savings uh, thing to do, but it's valuable for my life. So I made the decision to go. And when we go out to eat, I'm always asking like uh, the guys I'm living with, I'm asking the family. So uh, what's local? Cause I would rather want to support a local restaurant here in Colorado or a sandwich place, which if we're going to go get a sub, like a sandwich, I would prefer to not do it at Subway. I'm sorry. It's like Subway is a great company and like stuff. But if I can go to like a local place with like this man, or woman who owns this one Subway place and support, I'd like to support that. I don't always do it. It's not like I'm a fucking hero or anything. Like it's not, I just want to do it sometimes. Like, I think it's good to be aware of it. Otherwise you just like, you're just floating and you just do what everybody else does, which if that's how you want to spend your life, that's great. But I want to like be aware of where the current takes me. And if it's going the wrong direction, I'll try and swim for it. I'll swim for sure. Like, fuck it. Let's go that way. Let's go. You see what happens. It might be hard, but let, let's go for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah.
2: Well, Thank it's you. good too. Cause I think people need to realize their impact on the future in that way. So and like you're saying where you spend your money is ultimately where things end up being successful in the end and everyone plays a part in that so being aware of that is very important so like supporting the small businesses or supporting your OCR organizations the small guys it's ultimately putting a vote into what happens
1: in the future and who succeeds and who doesn't and I think that's really important to say and too many people ask them they're so confused about oh why did that thing not last I loved it why did that thing not last like Uh, oh, that cafe I ate at once for, like three years ago. Why Why is that cafe not there anymore? I love that cafe. I loved it when I was there once for three years ago. Like, why is it not there anymore? Because you only have that once. That's probably why it's, That's probably why it's gone. Like, it's yeah. it's um, it's okay. Like, you, you just, you, as long as you're a little bit aware of what you're doing and, and where your, your things are going. And of course, prioritize. Like, this is your life. You got to prioritize yourself and your life. But if you, most of us, have the opportunity to help other people, like in in some manner, in some manner. Like I'm not saying it has to be a lot. I'm not. I don't have a ton of money, but I have a big capacity to do things. I have raised more than eighty thousand dollars for cancer awareness the, these last five years in Denmark, Um because it's fucking important to me. Yeah, I've donated a couple of thousand dollars, if not more. I can't remember. Fuck it. I put in some money in it. And it's great. I put some money in events uh, and I put some money into like the charities. Great. I, I don't have a lot. I, I'll put in like some, but what I can do is I, can, I, I could organize things because I'm a great organizer. I'm great at getting people together. And when we are together, we love each other and we have an amazing time. So it's it's just, that's my contribution. So for some the contribution is to send over $500 when, when I do a thing like this. I love that. If that is your contribution, you go for it, gun for it. Just be aware of how you contribute. And, you know, it goes back, I I think on a personal
0: level of, um, I went to a race at a place called Shale Hill, which is very, it's in Vermont. It's
1: actually about 60 miles from Stratton. And is that where they did OCR? I've heard Shale Hill. I've seen that on a truck at Ohio in 2015.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So Shale Hill probably was involved. What they had, they had a beautiful venue and it was just, it was mom and pop organization and I went there, uh, I didn't, I didn't know, about it. I would never heard of it. They didn't have good marketing. They really didn't. But <laughs> I, I had, I found myself, I was scheduled to do a race and it got canceled at the last minute. So I'm like, I've got this race weekend plan. I got to go do something. I find, I find Shell Hill and I'm like, all right, it's, it's an eight hour drive. I'm gone. I'm going there. I, I got in the car and I went, I get there and we ended up, I was, I didn't know what the race was. I thought it was an eight hour race at first. I ended up, they conned me into signing up for the 24 hours. And then they're like, why don't you do the mandatory obstacle completion 24 hours? I'm like, that's a terrible idea. I'll do that. So I, I do that. It's a 10K loop with like 80 obstacles. I mean, it's fantastic. And the obstacles are next level. It's like they took the regular OCR obstacles and just decided, let's make them a little bit high, harder and mandatory. All right. What? <laughs> <laughs> was fantastic. I destroyed my hands. I just killed myself. Did like three laps and I came fourth. <laughs> I mean that's it. So it was it was fantastic but I'm like I so I'm talking to the people that run it cuz they you know like I think there was like 80 people there. And they're like this is our last one cuz I was like you've got to be kidding me. They're like no we we just don't have the numbers and we got to sell off the place and I was like you, when you had something like that such a great venue something awesome that was again local but worth going to and not enough people supported it and then afterwards when they're gone you hear everybody I loved Shale Hill. Shale Hill was fantastic. It was great. Like, like, where the fuck were you? You know, like. Yeah.
1: But it, it's it's just like you say if if we don't support it, it goes away. It will go away. And I've been fear, I, I feared that for like a full month last year. I was like, am I going to be one of those social athletes who, who disappear? Uh, am I going to be one of those guys because I'm forced to like in a different direction if i had tougher obligations in my life i had kids this would i mean couldn't have worked out like i would i would just have it just wouldn't work out you know like <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: um i'm free so i can it can work out i, I don't need a lot but um you you got to see that big picture i think it's a it's a pretty relevant thing to do i'm also stoked about you guys starting this podcast it's pretty new right yeah, I think this is like episode
0: 11 or 12 or something like In that. The, but yeah, we're, we're very new, but I mean, and we're... Are we're you waiting to...
1: with the Patreon thing or is that not a plan? Pardon me? Are you waiting with like Patreon and YouTube or is that not a plan? What's oh. going... What's the What's the idea here?
0: <laughs> we're on YouTube. I think this is more of a passion project for us. I don't, uh, you know...
1: Yeah, think... it was an idea that came about over
2: beers and a bonfire.
0: <laughs> I like beers and bonfire.
2: yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh, Just one thing, really looking forward. Good luck um, at Savage, both uh, in uh, Florida and Georgia. If Yuri Force is there, my suggestion is stay right with him until the multi-rig, because he's so good at all the other obstacles because he's done so many of them that you're not going to pass him there. But the multi-rig changes, and I think that your ability to adapt might be better than his, and that's where you can make your move. That's just my server suggestion.
1: Very interesting. I'll keep that in mind. I don't know how Yuri looks. I don't know how to find him out there. He looks like a forty-year-old
0: aircraft uh, air traffic controller.
1: <laughs> he <comes laughs> He's a
0: forty-year-old air traffic controller, but the fucker is fast.
1: <laughs> I <laughs> <And> love it. <laughs>
0: he kills all the savages, and that's the guy. Remember, I couldn't remember his name. Yuri Force. He slays the savages. He's been with them since the beginning, and he knows every obstacle like the back of his hand. But that's good.
1: That's why I'm. But I'll one- have to check thing. it out. I'll be traveling with Rebecca Hammond, so hopefully she'll give me a few insights. Oh, huh.
0: you can't get much better than that.
1: True. All right, guys. This was fun.
0: Wind us out, Beth.
2: Yeah. Thanks so much for joining us, Leon. Keep crushing it and get, keep. Thank you for so much for our conversation today. And yeah, keep giving us something great to talk about.
1: Of course, you got it. Thank you.